Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab, episode number 48. And today we are talking all about challenge marketing with Angela Henderson. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. Awesome to have you here again. If this is your first time, I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, where we help you get confident to build a bold brand so that you and your business aren't swimming in the sea of sameness. And today we are talking all about running challenges in your business to grow your email list, engage with your audience, solve a problem, obviously position yourself as an expert. And I have got Angela Henderson from Angela Henderson Consulting up in Brisbane talking to me today about the successful challenges that she's run in her business and how you can run challenges for your business as well so that you can access all of those benefits. Now, Before we get started, this podcast episode is brought to you by my free webinar, which I'm running these on a monthly basis at the moment. And the one that is coming up on the 4th of March, which is a Monday at lunchtime, is all about how you can build your personal brand. And uh, really excited to be on Angela's podcast talking about that topic in the next few weeks as well. So if you are looking to build your personal brand, you want to start standing out in the market, you want to start getting maybe more speaking gigs, doing more video, uh, getting more confident with how you put yourself out there, then this one is for you. All you have to do is head to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash PB webinar. So that's theconnectionexchange.com forward slash PB webinar and you can register for that today. Now, today, as I said, we have got Angela Henderson from AngelaHenderson.com.au on the podcast talking all about challenge marketing. Now, you know that I love to bring you loads of different insights, options, ideas on how you can take your marketing and your branding to a whole another level. So Angela is a small business consultant, author, entrepreneur, blogger, mental health clinician, and most importantly, a mother. She helps small business owners navigate the challenges of building a successful business while maintaining a life. So really excited to have her on. This podcast is really actionable. So make sure that you not only check her out, but you have your notepad and you write down all the steps that you need to take in order to execute on a successful challenge marketing campaign. Let's dive in. Angela, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm fabulous. It's so good to connect and be chatting all things challenges with you. Yes, I'm here to talk about and represent, yes, challenge marketing. I can't wait to dig deep with you. I know, and I have seen a lot of them used more recently. Like, say, over the last 12 months, maybe 18 months, uh, I've definitely seen more challenges being advertised on Insta and Facebook, etc. And I've jumped into a couple myself, and they've always been really great a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think challenges are a wonderful way, especially at the time 
where everything seems to me, in my opinion, over automated. There's automation this and there's automation this. And though I agree that automation has its place within any business, I think we're um, the pendulum's starting to switch back a little bit. And what I mean by that is I think people are becoming cluier. I think people no longer want to be just a number. And challenges are a great way to really start humanizing your brand while at the same time being able to increase your sales and get more clients at the same time. Fantastic. So before we dive into challenges, do you want to just give us a little bit more of an overview of you and your business? You're up in Brizzy. Yes, I am up so in Brizzy. Give us a bit more of an overview about what you do. And I know that obviously I'm going to be doing some work with you in October and speaking at a retreat that you've got coming up. Yes. So what else do you do? See, so I'm a business consultant helping women in business grow sustainable and profitable businesses. And I guess the whole reason why that stemmed from was is that sometimes you can have a sustainable business, but it doesn't necessarily equal profitability. Or you can have a profitable business, but when you look at the numbers, it's not actually long term. You know, it's not very stable. So I try to bring those together because a lot of the women that I work with also want something else. There's normally, you know, that that emotional connection. So either freedom to go to their kids' schools or freedom to travel more whatever that is. But in order to be able to do that, you must have a business that is going to be sustainable. So what do I do? Uh, I work one-to-one -one with clients, uh, my VIP clients. Uh, so that's always fun. I also have an eight-week coaching program where we walk through everything, uh, which is similar to my VIP, but obviously they get a little bit more hands-on with the VIP. And then I also run a four-day, three-night women in business retreat here in Australia. So yes, where you will be speaking at. So those are a few different ways that I work with different women here in Australia and internationally. Fantastic. Now, where are you originally from? Originally from Canada. So I always say, yes, the proud Canadian. That is what well, I will always be home, even though I'm now Australian also. I have an Australian citizen. Uh, but yeah, no, Canada is always home. I also love eating Nutella straight from the jar. And I <laughs> love, love, you know, a good color of pink with a splash of glitter. So those are normally, that's, yeah, where you'll nice. find my, my joy. Awesome. Now, obviously, for those who are listening to the podcast, you can't see this, but Angela and I are on Zoom and in her background, she's got flamingos and pineapples and watermelons on her backdrop. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's my kind of uh, surroundings as well. And I know that your branding for your retreat and conference is very bright and bold as well, which 100% resonates with me. Yes, well, again, and as I look at your backdrop, you equally have these vibrant, you know, I mean, many of your listeners will already know the vibrant purples and the oranges. And yeah, so again, you could say we definitely have a love of all things color and vibrance. Vibrancy, is that a word? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. So obviously, we are talking about challenges today. Now, I want want to make sure that we never assume that people know what we're talking about. So what is a challenge? Yeah, so challenge marketing really is around putting together a challenge for your clients. But when I say challenge, I talk, it's not about, you don't want to challenge them per se, is that you want to solve a problem for them in a short amount of time. And so you can do that through creating a five-day challenge, a 10-day challenge, a 30-day challenge, whatever your challenge is, is you're solving a particular problem. So um, with my first business, Finley and Me, which is an e-commerce business, one of the things that when I surveyed our platform, which is predominantly moms with small kids, is they said that they were having a difficult time connecting with their kids. Time was of the essence. They didn't know what to do. So I created a 30-day, 30 ways to reconnect with your kids challenge, um, which in that particular challenge, we had just under 2,500 people sign up in the two-week period we had um, promoting that particular 
challenge. Then the difference with Angela Henderson Consulting is, is obviously a lot of my clients struggle with getting more sales and getting more clients. And so that's when I created the five day challenge on how to increase your sales and get more clients through challenge marketing. So again, it's about being able to really know what the problem is that your clients are currently having and creating that, you know, minimum three day challenge around what you can offer to solve their problem. But then that will lead into an offer that you ultimately have. And we can talk more about those particular steps later on. Show. Yeah. Awesome. Now, when you were talking about that and you were saying it can be a three day, a five day, a seven day, a 30 day, mm -hmm. obviously the time frame is important depending on your client as well. And I just sort of think, I don't know that I would stick around for a 30 day challenge. Like what have you found from a timing perspective? Mm -hmm. So what I found with um, Finley and me when we did the 30 because I did had three different 30 day challenges with Finley and me. Um, obviously, I think when we got to around the 20 and 19 day mark, we saw a higher drop off. So yes, yeah, so that was for again, moms are overworked, overwhelmed already. Um, whereas with Finley or with Angela Henderson Consulting, sorry, I do a five day challenge. So five days kind of seems to be a much better match. But again, it depends on how much content you have, what it is that you're offering and what it is that your audience needs. So that's why again, you really got to be able to narrow down your ideal client and what they want. So yes. Awesome. And so when you are trying to work out what sort of topics your challenge might be, how could people go about maybe researching what could work in sort of a challenge format? Mm -hmm. Yep. So again, if you have a Facebook group or you're part of Facebook groups and of where your ideal client sits, again, asking them the questions, what are you currently struggling with in your business? You can either ask them questions or you could create a poll. You could also email your email list to see what their biggest struggles are. And normally you'll start to find some common denominators, some common threads that kind of stick out. Uh, sales seems to be one of them a lot for our particular time. Um, lead, like different lead magnets, like how do I get clients on board so I can start to warm them up. Um, but then I've got clients who are working in the industry of law, uh, art, for example. So we're currently working with creating a five days uh, to spark your creativity and get back to art um, kind of journey there. And we're going to be able to showcase, you know, how they can actually draw whatever it is. Like, it's not a live drawing we're doing. There's a word for it in art, I'm not really an artist, but yeah, but through that five days, they will come up with a piece of art. And through that, then we're going to offer um, my particular clients uh, online course after that. So yes. Okay, fantastic. And so can any business use them? Listen, again, I think it goes down to about how your consumers or your ideal client consumes information. So if they are going, if they're very active in your community, if they, if, and if you've got a big email list, uh, if you've got a big Facebook group, um, and even if you don't have big numbers, but you know that they're missing something and you, you can solve a problem, I always say it's worth exploring. So until you come up with even just creating the name of your challenge and you could always just put up a landing page to see if you start to spark any, you know, registrations then again, I always say create it. But what do you have to lose? I guess so many people are always kind of looking for the out before they get into the nitty gritty. It's hard work. So you've got to create the content. Yes, you've got to promote it. Yes, nothing ever comes easy in business. But if you know your ideal client and that they genuinely have problems that you can solve for them, the five day challenge is great because of all the benefits that come with that, which are things like, you know, a five day challenge or even a three day challenge, whatever it is, you get to build trust and rapport faster than you ultimately would. So even if you're moving a cold client to a warm client into a hot client, that face to face contact, that daily contact um, is really a great way to, to expedite that. You also get to build authority and credibility in your field, which again, would 
uh, can help you to convert your clients because sometimes they just need to know that you know what you're talking about. You also get significant growth within your community through the leads. So even if they may not buy your offer at the end of your five day or 10 day challenge, they might just not, it might just be a no for now, but it isn't a no forever. So you get to increase your leads through challenges. Um, and you get to own your own race course. And what I mean by that is my mentor, James Remco, talks about owning your own race course. And that so often we're putting every, all of our eggs in one basket with social media, uh, algorithms, etc. But when you start to get people registering for a five-day challenge and you get to put that on for yourself, then you get to get into their email boxes much quicker than being dependent on a Facebook algorithm. So another benefit is that. Um, and then obviously, I look at one of the biggest things is free marketing. When you have like 2,400 and 2,500 people like I did with the Finley and Me Challenge, they will go and talk about you nicely or not nicely in a very you mean positive or not so nice way. But the reality of it is, is if you have 2,500 people talking to you right before Christmas and you're selling Christmas products and your offer is 10% off, then a lot of that you're going to see a natural increase in sales from that particular challenge. Um, and they'll go take their friends. They'll talk about with their friends. So then that reduces your overall marketing budget. And then ultimately the last benefit is it starts to increase your sales because no matter what you will see um, increase of sales through a challenge. Fantastic. And so when did you run that first challenge? Like how long ago was that? Yeah, so I met Jada Seldner originally, who I found out about challenge marketing at ProBlogger, and I believe that was in 2015, off the top of my head. Yeah, it was 2015, and I went and did my first challenge in 2000, and the end of 2015 was our first one. So we ran, and I'll go through those steps, but what we initially did is we set up 30 days, 30 ways to connect um, for Christmas spirit, and we gave 30 different ways that you could do so, baked gingerbread, um, gosh, there's a variety of things. Yeah. yeah. I was like, there are 30 different ways to connect with your kids during Christmas. But again, because we knew that parents were saying that they just didn't have time. So that was our first one. And like I said, on that particular one, we had just had under 1800 people sign up for that particular event. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so that to me, said that there is something that we were missing in the market that mums wanted to connect in different ways that they wanted to but i just wasn't tapping into it we then created a facebook group on the back of that and then again post sales were able to continue after that particular you know 30-day challenge yeah and so when it comes to sort of preparing that i know we're going to go through some of the steps are there what what are people worried about when it comes to challenges like is there obviously you were talking about it's a lot of work mm -hmm. you might have to like go and speak to your clients a bit more and, and kind of build that out especially anything that's over sort of five days mm -hmm. but um, but what are sort of some of the things that people are sort of saying well that feels a bit too hard to do like what are the what are they resistant against is it just the work like what else I think it's the work the fear of the unknown and time. Yeah. Like if I put the, this time in, does that mean I'm going to get X amount? Like what's my reward from it, right? Like what, what am I going to do if I put the time into this? Um, fear, again, so many of us as entrepreneurs, we like to be able to control and manipulate everything because we're a bit of perfectionists. Um, why? And I can't speak for everyone, but let's be honest, a lot of us are who are in this space. So again, it's the fear of the unknown, not knowing will someone buy what I want them to buy? Will someone join? Will they not join? Uh, it's just too hard so I just won't do it but I guess as you know from developing your own personal brand sometimes you've got to go past these things and test these things because it's through that credibility and authority through a challenge for example that again that brand awareness whether or not it's personal brand or if it's your business um, 
you know, cold front, like uh, that. There's so many positives, but yeah, I would say fear, time, um, yeah, overwhelm, like where do I start type yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I, think- I mean, we'll definitely go through all of those steps as well, but I guess if this is something that's new to you or you've seen it but you've not tried it, I think that exactly what you said, you've got to test different marketing strategies because some things that work for other people may or may not work for you and it's only through trying these things, putting it out there, testing it, getting better at it. Like every time you do something, you get better at it and I think that that's sometimes what people are afraid of as well, like it not working like you said and then they're like, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm not going to do that again. So I do think that these things take time. Like what have you learned along the way from all of the challenges that you've created from sort of the first one that you did? Was there a lot of tweaking to the follow-up ones? No, it wasn't because once you kind of understood what, you know, your offer is, what your challenge topic is, how you're setting it up, your daily topics and your marketing, it, that kind of is like a cookie cutter. And that's why I was able to create the 30 days, 30 ways, um, self-care for moms, the 30 days, 30 ways to reconnect with your kids, because I was able to just take basically the same format and then just stick it in based on topic. So once you kind of do it once you can roll it again, a lot of businesses, um, what I've learned, I would say is that I would roll in my mom cohort with Finley and me is I would roll that out every quarter, but with the business with Angela Henderson consulting, I would roll that out also, but I would stick to one topic versus having four different type of topics. Um, because I think the business essence, you don't want to confuse and overwhelm people even more with what you're offering. I think you need to be really quite um, concise to the point and fluent about what you're offering. Whereas with my mom cohort, it was always there a lot more easier to test because their kids is, were growing up their their needs were changing based on where their kids were developmentally. And though businesses are like that too, it's best not to confuse, you know what I mean? Con- minimize the confusion for the business side of things. And have you found challenges to be one of your best list growing activities? Yes. So with, like I said, with the Finley and me one, we were just under 2,500 with the one, just under 1,800 with the other, and just under 1,500 with the other. So in one year, if you add all that up, it was just about 7,000 new people to our email list. Is that right? Through two, three, four, 5,000, sorry. So, I mean, that's an enormous amount of leads. With Angela Henderson Consulting, again, I think people in business are a lot more clever. You've got to be very um, specific about what it is the challenge is going to give you, what's that result at the end. Um, So in my first five-day challenge that I did with Angela Anderson Consulting, I had 182 people, I think it was. And on my second round that I did, we had just under 300. So the numbers are much smaller, but again, the quality of leads were different than you can't compare Angela Anderson consulting people with the mom cohort, you know? Um, but so some people would be disappointed and go, Oh, you had less than 300 leads. But the way I look at it is in 14 days, 300 leads. Um, it's an opportunity. You might not get sales immediately, especially if you have a higher ticket item that you're trying to sell. People need to build that trust, uh, you know, with you first in a great way to do that versus doing a webinar where normally a webinar is 60 to 90 minutes. It's a one-off thing. You've got three, five, 10 days to build those relationships with people and treat them like a human being versus just a number. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, why don't we dive in? So for those people who are wanting to use challenge marketing in their business, what do they need to do? Think about 
what are the steps to actually getting this up and off the ground? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So step number one is what I say is you need to think about your offer at the end because you don't want to just be running a challenge just to run a challenge. Um, now, some of you might just want to be starting to build relationships and get more eyes on your website or just get to know more of you about your brand and that's okay. So you might not have an offer, but you've got to have a reason why you're starting the challenge because if you don't, well, then I do believe you're probably just wasting your time because you're not really going to be able to measure your outputs at the very end of the KPIs at the end of the challenge. So to me, number one is what are you offering your ideal client at the end of this challenge? Um, and yeah, and if it is to gain, just grow your email list, that's phenomenal. But at least you know that you want to grow your email list and you'll be able to see, well, I started with a thousand people in my newsletter bank. Now I've got 1500. It's, it's a number that you can see qualified leads. So day number one is all about the offer. And like I said, it might be a particular product or service that you offer. Um, so it's important to decide if you have, you know, what's on, what's available to your audience. Awesome. And then step two is about that topic. So, you know, what is it that you're going to actually talk about in your five day challenge or your 10 day challenge in order to come up with your topic for your challenge? Um, to me, again, you need to really figure out what your ideal client is struggling with. Um, and that struggle is going to create the content or solve the problem for them through your challenge. So some of my friends have created challenges like the five day Facebook ads mini course. So obviously the problem that Zach Spuckler, my friend has had is that they don't know what to do with Facebook ads. They don't know where to start. So through his five day Facebook's mini um, ads course, he teaches you how to get your first simple ad up and running. Another friend of mine, Tash Corbin, she does a seven day fast money challenge where she works on money mindset and how you can create more abundance in your life um, with you know changing your mindset and being more willing to accept money from different avenues so she does that and then as I said before we've done the 30 days 30 ways to connect with your children and that was around making sure that parents have an opportunity instead of saying that they're always overwhelmed and have no time we gave them simple little tips that they could do to connect with their child every day in five to seven minute increments so again what is that challenge topic what are you going to solve the problem for your ideal client now, oh, that's great. Now, one of the things that I think a lot of people will be going, well, how much information do I give? Like, because obviously you don't want to overwhelm people, but you want to give them enough to build the trust and show them your expertise and help them to solve the problem before you maybe go on to the upsell of something bigger. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it goes back if you just go back to if you were to run a webinar, you know, for those out there that have run a webinar, you never give them all the how to's, you kind of show them the structure, and you always still have to add value. So for example, it, when I teach the how to increase your sales and get more um, clients who are creating a five day challenge, I go through exactly through we've got this workbook and you walk through everything. But in regards to like all those, you know, increment in, in, am I saying that right? How do I say intricate parts? Do you know what I mean? Those all those little parts, moving, yeah. Yeah, moving pieces. Do you know what I mean? I don't get, I don't break down every single like go to Canva step one, step two, put your logo on your image. Step three, like I'm not telling you all those little exact how tos. I'm giving you the structure and the framework. And people are like, oh my goodness, this is crazy, amazing. I never knew that this is how simple it was to get a five day or ten day challenge up and going. Um, and it's the same thing. You don't want to give too much information, but you don't want to be you know, a douchebag about it either. You can't withhold everything. Because remember, as the saying goes, is the free, the best information you can give your client should come through the free product that you give. Because it's a free product that you give, people are going to go, oh, wow, if they've given us that much value add in a free product, what would it actually be like when you work with them? So I think there is this misconception sometimes about 
oh, I don't want to give them too much because if I give them too much, that means they're not going to buy from me. Where I actually think you've got to be counterintuitive and give the best material that you can because that's only going to add to that trust and credibility. Yeah, and I think I remember, I think it was Amy Porterfield that said it as well, you give the what and the why because we, we assume that people understand all of that. And then obviously the how is the product that they buy. And she said it's not about being stingy or holding back, but when you get into the how, that's in-depth. That takes a lot of time. That takes a lot more sort of effort and, you know, going deep into the topic, which you can't really do in like a one-hour webinar or in a five-day challenge. So it's almost educating on the the what and the why. So what do you need to do? Why do you need to do it? And give them a bit more of an overview of uh, the overview of the how. Mm -hmm. And then the product that you sell is the depth of the how, mm -hmm. which I always think is a great way to sort of describe things um, as far as what kind of content you're giving. And I think also too, if you think about, for example, for my cohort with businesses, because they're juggling mom life and being a chef and a chauffeur and everything else. If I went into all those how-tos, I would probably lose them on day one. So I'm actually not doing my job as an educator, as a business consultant, because I've actually created more overwhelm and frustration than I have being able for them to see the end goal. I want everyone that does my five-day challenge or your five-day challenge, whatever, to be able to walk away and actually complete every single day and have something tangible to work towards, not increase their overwhelm. So you're exactly right about that all those how-tos will come post. We just want to get a skeleton map of everything out so that we can get them in that frame of mind to implementing it within their business or if it, depending on whether or not you're, I, I don't know. Uh, the Merrymakers, my friends, they do like a yoga challenge, right? Or a smoothie challenge or an art challenge, whatever that challenge is that you're giving for your clients. You don't want to overwhelm them more. You want to decrease that. Yeah. And you want to make it enjoyable as well, because if they get bored really quickly, then they'll kind of, you know, opt out. Or if they, if it's really arduous, like there's a lot of, of stuff for them to do, which I think I made the mistake in my first challenge a few years ago is that there was a lot of content for them to go through. And I think that um, while some people loved it, I think I lost a lot of people along the way because it was too much work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's where that counterintuitive stuff comes in is that you want to give them all this value, but yeah. at the same time, you, you don't want to get like, you don't want to overwhelm them even more because yeah. that's when we start to lose them. So we think even when you create courses, right, we think that more is better. But if you send someone on day one of a course, oh, by the way, please now print off the 352 pages you're going to need for the course, most people will start to actually freak out and drop off on day one. So more doesn't mean better in a challenge or a course or in a lot of things, actually. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think uh, when I created my course, Play Big Brown Bold, I actually kept the videos to a reasonable length. Like each video was no more than sort of nine or ten minutes. Um, and there might be a couple of videos in a module, but one thing that really put me off when I purchased some other people's courses was there was so much content. It was so overwhelming and I, there was just a lot of stuff where I'm like, you could have made that a lot more concise and to the point. Like that didn't need to be <laughs> a 45 minute video when there's 20 of these videos. So I think it is important to take a look at how much time your, your ideal client has. Like they could be a business owner, they could be a mom, they could be whoever. Um, and thinking about, well, when will they find the time to do this 
is this actionable and digestible in 10 minutes or 15 minutes or, you know, or is this going to take them two hours just to do one day? Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. So I think that's important as well. Exactly right. And like you just said there, though, is when we look at the offer, very step one is knowing your ideal client. So if you know your ideal client, you'll be able to go, yep, this is a mom who's overworked. We've probably got max five minutes between yeah. her zoning out and going, oh, I'm sitting my butt on the couch to watch Netflix, right? So it's like, you really need to tap into same thing with the busy business owner. They don't have a lot of time. We all are time poor. So it's kind of like when people ask, how much do I have to spend on your challenge every single day? I was like max 10 minutes. You will. Well, so it's good to articulate that when you're selling or marketing the challenge as well as mm -hmm. how much time will they need? Yep. This, this, you know, five day challenge, if you put away 10 or put aside 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to do X, Y, and Z, which is, you know, two steps closer to having X, Y, and Z, you know? So mm -hmm. awesome. So what was the next, Step for them. So we've obviously day, you know, step one is looking at your offer. Step two is looking at that challenge topic like we talked about. And then step three is setting up your challenge. Yeah. And I think it's important that now that you know how, again, you're going to do the offer and the challenge that how you're going to set it up. So the first thing that I say in this particular um, step is what is the length of the challenge? How long do you want the challenge to run for? Is it going to be three days, five days, seven days, or 30 days? But as we talked earlier, is just be mindful that typically the longer you have a challenge, the more likely you are that people will drop off. And then the other section of that is there are different ways to deliver your particular challenge. So it's important that again, you understand how your ideal client consumes information, which will then tell you how to deliver it. So is it going to be email only? Email only? Is it going to be video based? Is it going to be inside of a Facebook group? Is it going to be a combination? So you really need to think about my challenge will run for X amount of days and I will deliver my challenge through these methods. And have you found that any particular way of delivering works better than others? Yep. So when I did the Finley and me challenge email in the Facebook group, did that was enough for the, that particular demographic. Whereas for Angela Henderson consulting, I do the email plus I pop in every single day at noon and deliver do you mean extra, like I kind of break down each module verbally because some of my ideal client likes to do you mean see and do at the same time, they've got to hear it, read it, and then do you know I mean actually be able to do it where other people like just to read the email. So that's why I've incorporated both. They can read the email and get their workbook for the day and just rock and roll. But for those people that want to do you mean come into the Facebook group and hear me, see me and answer questions, I'm in there every day for 15 minutes delivering that content and then just answering questions. And so the group that they're in, is that specific to the challenge or is that just your wider group that you're running it in? Oh, I put it for specifically for the challenge. And the reason why I've done that is that my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative, has almost 5,000 members in it. So if those 5,000 members haven't signed up for the challenge, I don't really want to tick them off by promoting challenge material every day. You know, there are some businesses that would say, oh yeah, but it's my Facebook group. I can do what I want. And that's totally cool. I, you know, you've got to be okay with whatever decision you make. But for me, it wasn't a risk I was prepared to take because I did promote the challenge in my group. I promoted on my page. I promoted in my emails. So to me, multiple times. So if those people hadn't signed up by that stage, I didn't think it was fair to disrupt their Facebook um, do you know what I mean? experience via my five-day challenge and potentially, you know what I mean, tick them off. Because as I said before, maybe they just weren't ready to do the challenge right at that particular stage, but maybe they want to work with me in a different capacity. So yeah, I wasn't prepared to lose, you know, lose people because of that.
Yeah, absolutely. And so did you archive the group after the challenge? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I just archive it. And then when I run the challenge the next time, we just feed people in. And sometimes people will come back uh, again. Or a lot of times people say, oh, my goodness, this challenge was really great. So glad that it's popped up in my feed. I've done this, this, and this. So, so the group will just go back into, you know, idle and then we'll archive it when we're done. Okay. All right, great. So just on that, so the tip is, is that if you run a challenge, it's good to have a Facebook group for it, just from an engagement and conversation perspective, and then you can archive it and make it live as and when you run that challenge again. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is only contingent on if your ideal client is someone like, you know, like wants to. So both with the Finley and Me 30-day challenge and then with the five-day challenge with Angelina Consulting, both of those cohorts like that high touch point. And so the groups do mean words, super important, and it's free. So, you know, it's just another great thing that, again, to add and have a, uh, I guess, differential point um, of every other five-day challenge who might just be sending it via email. Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. What was the next step for people wanting to run their own challenge? Yep. So day four is when I really look at like daily topics because there's no point just throwing a challenge if you don't have any structure behind each of the days. As I said before, challenges are typically, you know, can be short or long-term duration, but it's important to have daily topics that are going to help guide your ideal client to solving that problem and making their life better. So you need to focus on educating them and also giving them some homework to solidify what you've taught them. Um, remember that again, people consume information differently. We live in a busy world. So it's you know important that you're thinking about your daily topics because your client doesn't want lengthy and they don't, they want you to get to the point. So really what I do is I just have my, um, students write down on a piece of paper day one and I go, I'm going to teach this blank to my ideal client. My homework for the night is this boom. That's it. And you do that for day one, two, three, four, and five. So for example, with teaching people the five day challenge is day one is my, I'm going to teach them what their offer is, identifying their offer. What is their homework for the night to identify their offer? Day two, I'm going to teach them how to come up with their challenge topic. Their homework for the night is to create their challenge topic and share into the Facebook group. Day three, I'm going to teach them how to set up their challenge. Their homework for the night is to map out how, to, how that's going to look for them. So it's just about making sure that, again, what they're getting taught during the day is that they're solidifying that at night with that little piece of homework. When I did it with the 30 days, 30 ways how to connect with your children, again, I'm going to teach them this particular way that they connect with their kid. Their homework for the night is actually to go and do an activity, whether or not it's the one I've taught them or whether or not it's something that they just do for five to seven minutes. And then they would come back into the group. They would show a picture of them and their child doing X, Y, and Z. They would, you know, and then again, through that conversations just filtered. So really, you know, step four, when you're creating a challenge is to think about the daily topics that you're going to have on offer um, for your particular ideal client. Awesome. Okay, great. So basically it's really looking at your main topic and then breaking it down into what are five, if it's going to be five days, what Mm -hmm. are five actionable steps that they need to take in order to learn the basics of whatever it is I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. Yep. So again, I think some people listening might go like, it's, oh my goodness, this is going to be too hard. But if you just break it down by actionable steps, like most people, one person said to me, she joined the challenge late. She did all of the entire workbook within like, half of a night she just said she stayed up you know he's watching she was literally watching netflix as she was doing it and just mapped everything out so this isn't like over complicated you know um and that's where i guess some people can get stuck oh this sounds easier than what it is well that's because it's not actually that hard you just have to do the work 
And like we were saying, you want to keep it short and sweet mm. so that yeah. you're not overwhelming people. So it should be easy to map it out and create a simple action homework step for them to do. Mm-hmm. Spot yeah. on. Okay, and then day five, obviously, is marketing. Your challenge is not going to promote itself and is often a piece that many businesses miss but is yet so crucial in order for your challenge to be successful. Because if you've got no one showing up to your challenge, then, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. So on day five, I want, or, you know, topic uh, step five, you could say is think about what platforms your ideal client utilizes, because it's through these platforms that we want to be utilizing to get that marketing message out there. So are they, do you need to run Facebook ads? Do you have a Facebook group? Um, can you do Insta ads? Can you post on your Instagram page or Insta stories? Um, Pinterest, podcasts, newsletters, collaborations with other businesses, um, you know, etc. So again, really all that you're going to do in this step is my marketing strategy for the challenge will be blank. What are you going to do? Um, a lot of people think that they've got to dish thousands of dollars into ads. You don't have to do that. If you've got a cohort of women, like if I were to run a challenge, I potentially would contact you. You could contact Sarah Cross. You could contact a bunch of people and say, hey, would you mind promoting this? Because there's no conflict of interest. We've got similar clients, but we're not competing against each other. Would you share this? So again, as long as you've got those networks, you can equally share. Facebook groups, another wonderful what you you know, way to utilize the platform as long as you've got permission to promote on particular days. Don't be a douchebag and spam, right? Um, but yeah, like you don't have to have copious amounts of money to get people into your challenge. Awesome. That's great. And so have you found any particular, like obviously you were saying your networks, what's worked the best for you? I think it's been a combination of my networking, my email list, uh, Facebook groups, like I've got a checklist that I have and had for a very long time about where my ideal client sits. So I've got Monday through Sunday, and then I've got what groups and what days I can post in. And so then again, I'm quite active in those groups. Um, and then Facebook ads. So we were paying only two cents per sign up on the Finley and Me one. So wow. you know, like that is super inexpensive when you're looking at the overall two cents for a lead. Um, and the way that we did that with Finley and me is we had 10 of our best blog articles to bring traffic over to someone without selling to them. So they came over and then at the bottom of each of those blog articles, they could sign up for the five day or sorry for the 30 day challenge. And then those people who didn't take the action, we then just retargeted them. And so what was the lead time between like your marketing? Did you market it for two weeks, three weeks, two. a month before two weeks? Two weeks, uh-huh, yep. And a lot of, um, like, my Facebook ads lady does some work with Amy Porterfield's, you know, Facebook ads and stuff. And what they are saying right now is you don't really want to promote longer than two weeks because then you're going to lose interest. If someone's got a problem and they want that problem solved now, if you're going for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, people are going to start forgetting about the challenge altogether and then you could annoy them when you actually the challenge starts. So really two weeks is 14 days is all you need to, to you know, bring them in welcome them with your email sequence, remind them that the challenge is about to start, join the Facebook group, and then you execute it, and then, yeah. Awesome. Great. So that was step five. Yes, step five. And then after that, you know, you, you're ready to rock and roll. So really, you know, if you're looking at creating that ultimate five-day challenge, you need to go, my offer is, my challenge topic is, my challenge will run for, my delivery method for the challenge will be, my daily topics are, my marketing plans are, my challenge will start this day. Yeah, fantastic. And so, I mean, step six is kind of the offer, making the offer, which a lot of people don't do. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people, again, well, if you're collecting emails, that's it. But if you, you know, if you're having an offer at the end from there, then you need to go, okay, well, what are you going to do with the offer? Are you going to offer it for one day? Are you going to open cart for seven days? Are you, you know, what are you going to do with the offer? Um, so it's important that again, when you're looking at, you know, what is your offer going to be, you know, how are you going to offer that at then? So some, for example, with the Finley and me, 30 days, 30 ways to connect with your child. What we did is we offered a 10% off coupon because we promoted it in October that we promoted it. We promoted the last two weeks of October. We ran it for the month of November so that when December came and we offered them the 10% off coupon code, people were still in buying mode to buy our 1400 different educational toys for Christmas. So we saw a massive, and I don't have that data in front of me, we saw a massive increase of people and we were able to track that coupon code because we had it as the 30 day challenge, I think was the name we had for that code on the back end. We could see everyone that was using that challenge. Jada Solnar, one of her offers was that she did is with the Simple Green Smoothies, 30 Day Smoothie Challenge. They then collated all of those recipes and did an ebook, I think for $9.95, and they sold like $5,000 worth of ebooks at the end because people didn't want to have to go back and forth their um, emails to find that their favorite smoothie. So they, you know, again, they already had the information, they just turned it into a PDF and sold it for, I think, $4.95 or $9.95. They made $5,000 worth of sales. Yeah, that's amazing. My, with the um, five-day challenge with Angela Anderson Consulting, we do five days on how to increase your sales and get more clients, obviously, through challenge marketing. At the end, then I I filter that into my eight-week coaching program. So, again, there's different, you know, you've really got to think about how does your offer sit with the challenge that you're running. It needs to be congruent. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, is there... Have you seen any particular ways that work really well? So you were just saying you could open the cart for seven days, you could just make the offer, you could provide a discount code. Like, can it? do you think it can be for any price point as well, like a challenge, like whether it's a, a $9 e-book or whether it's a, I don't know, $1,000, $2,000 program? Like, what do you think from a positioning perspective of, of the value of whatever the offer is? Again, I think you have to look at your numbers and what, you know, what's the average sale that you, your clients are buying from, you know, how often are they buying? I think you'd have to look at your data to really hone in on that. I knew for me is because my coaching program is a thousand dollar US program is that people needed more touch points with me, right? Um, and so the five day challenge was a great way for me to do that. Uh, whereas again, if I would, I could have easily also sold them I don't know, or giving them a coupon off to my women in business retreat. But that wasn't what my goal was, is I want to be able to help as many women as I can um, in business. So that's why the eight-week program. But I don't think there's a wrong or right way. I think you just have to make sure you know your numbers, you know your audience, and you know what they want. Jada, like she said at the beginning, they didn't actually even think about doing the ebook until halfway through that challenge. And they're like, oh, let's just like throw this ebook together and they're like oh my goodness we just made five thousand dollars worth of sales and then the next time like their her her data is crazy her data but then they were able to create a program on the back end of that so instead of doing the ebook they then started to create a program so then she made like hard copies and was like a number one seller across the u.s so again you got to test it you might go i don't have time to create an eight-week program Ange, but maybe you've got uh i don't know a discount offer you can give to someone to go to one of your events, like you run um, regular events for you. So for those in the Melbourne area, you might offer them a discount code to your event or buy one ticket, get one free. I think it's, it's about having fun and just playing with it. But at the end of the day, remember, 
you know, if you can get 300, 400 new leads, it's not just about what happens in the challenge. You have to be mindful about what will happen post-challenge and make sure that you continue to nurture those clients. Which is my exact next question, which was what do you do post the offer and the challenge and everything else? Yep. So post offer and post challenge, obviously we archive the Facebook group that they were in and I bring them over to my regular Facebook group, which is the Australian business collaborative so that we can keep them within the community. Um, and then they go, they stay on my regular email list. So I'm continuing to nurture them every single week by providing value. So my podcast uh, is released every week. So they get that in their newsletter and then they always get a blog every week. So, you know, they continue in that nurture sequence. You just don't want to take 300 or 400 or a thousand people and then stop communicating to them. Yeah. So I think it's about looking at that's your bigger business strategy plan um, that is much greater than just the five days, you know, how to create a challenge plan. You've got to be looking at long term. What are your email funnels? What's the sales funnel, you know, and what's the follow up? Awesome. And that has been so helpful. I think that anybody that maybe looking for new ways to be marketing their business or their products and services, like I said, this is definitely something that I've seen quite a lot of. I actually just went through a challenge like a couple of weeks ago, an Instagram one, uh, because I'm always looking to get better on that platform. So, And it does build trust and it also really does position the person who's running it as an expert in their field. Like, you know, there were a lot of really great tips that I didn't know. And so once again, it just sort of makes them obviously, you know, we realise, yes, they are an expert, this is what they do. Um, and then there was an offer at the end too. So I think that this is definitely something worth trying out in your business. Absolutely. And again, don't be afraid to try new things. It may work, it may not work, but look at the variables as to why it didn't work. Did you not promote it enough? Did you not put any money behind it? Did you just kind of let it like lay there? If that's the case, then you also have to say that you probably didn't give it a fair go. Whereas, you know, if you, again, put that strategy in place about how you're going to market it and you genuinely market it and it was then say not successful, I always say it's not a failure. I always go, what lesson can you learn? So, yeah. so that either when you run it the next time or you go, maybe challenges aren't right for my audience, but what can I do now? So I always look at lessons I learned. Fantastic. Well, Ange, thank you so much for that. Where can people find you? Yes, uh, if people want to follow me on social media, the uh, handle is just Angela Henderson Consulting, or you can feel free to join my Facebook group, uh, which is called the Australian Business Collaborative. We've got members, though, from around the world in there. Or you can listen to my podcast, Business and Life Conversations with Angela Henderson, just by going to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au. Click on podcasts, and then you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or however you choose to listen to. So, yes. Fantastic. And we will have all of those links in the show notes. But, Ange, thank you so much for today. It's been really great. Thanks so much. You have a lovely day, hon. So that was challenge marketing. I hope that that was helpful. And if you've run a challenge before, I wonder, I'd love to know how it went. Uh, and if you haven't run a challenge before, then hopefully that's given you some ideas around how you can run a challenge, what the benefits are for your business. Uh, I have run challenges in the past and have enjoyed them. I think that the interaction and connection has been great as well. So I do think that they're a really great tool to use from a marketing perspective and just making sure that the topic that you pick is obviously something that maybe is a bit more unique that your clients are struggling with that you know that you can definitely help them with. But yeah, challenge marketing, there you go. And you can check out Ange and all of her details, obviously, at our show notes, which you can head to the connectionexchange.com forward slash episode 48. 
But that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and being here. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to share it with your friends and community or leave a review on iTunes would be even better. And I would so appreciate it. You can obviously follow me on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick, but I do hang out on Insta Stories the most so you can come and play there. But until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.